Welcome to The Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Dr. Rutland is a world-renowned leadership expert. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and he has served as the president of two universities. The Leader's Notebook is brought to you by Global Servants. For more information about Global Servants, please visit our website, globalservants.org. Here is your host, Dr. Mark Rutland. I am neither a political pundit, nor am I a prophet. And yet, it takes neither to discern that next week's election in the United States of America is one of the most important in history. Hello, I'm Mark Rutland. Welcome to The Leader's Notebook. I'm delighted you've joined me today. I'm not going to talk about which way to vote. Uh, You've already made your mind up on that. I want to talk about a transcendent view. That is a view that goes beyond this election. This election has the nation as polarized and as terrorized as I've ever seen it in my whole life. Half of the country thinks that if candidate A is elected, it's the end of all, of everything decent and civilized and humane. The other half believes exactly the opposite of candidate B. But I have a different word for you. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be engaged. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't vote. You should vote. You should be engaged. But I want to talk to you about having a view that transcends the election. It's based on Isaiah chapter 6. This is what's called the call report. Every prophet lists how he was called, the the, uh, time, the manner in which God summons him into the office of a prophet. Isaiah was a priest, and yet in the sixth chapter of his book, Isaiah records his call report, how he was summoned from the office of a priest to assume the office of a prophet. And it happened in the temple. It is interesting, and I want to read it to you, that he dates his supernatural call into the office of a prophet. He dates that with a political, a contemporary political event in his own nation. So listen to his call report from Isaiah chapter 6. Don't confuse Uzziah the king with Isaiah the prophet. So Isaiah is writing. Listen to what he says. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim. These are massive, angelic creatures. They're the only time in the whole Bible that they're mentioned, by the way. And then he describes them. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Now, this is a fascinating passage of Scripture. But please note that the supernatural element, these angelic beings, these seraphim, this extravagant vision of God on the throne, the, the smoke that fills the temple, all of that is dated with a contemporary political event in the year that King Uzziah died. Now, what does it mean? It means that Isaiah the prophet was not oblivious to what was going on around him, to his own history. He knew that the king had died. And that was a watershed moment in the history of his nation. Uzziah had risen to the throne with great hope and expectation, 
uh, young, attractive, successful, and yet he had uh, died in uh, something of a scandal. He was he had uh, let the arrogancy of his heart take over in his pride. He had tried to insinuate himself into the legitimate priesthood and offer sacrifice in the temple, resisted by the authentic priesthood. Uzziah the king became so angry that God struck him in his face with leprosy. He lived the rest of his life with leprosy and died from it. Now, we understand now that leprosy is a viral disease that can be treated with medicine, but at that time, you must understand, it was viewed as a curse from God. So if God had cursed the king, then had he also cursed the nation? So when Uzziah dies, there are all these mixed emotions, and they're all going on inside of Isaiah, the priest. And, and that is this. Maybe things will get better. The king has died. Maybe things will get better. Maybe things are going to get worse, he says to himself. The last king died with leprosy. What could happen now? Maybe he should be glad the king is dead. On the other hand, he loved the king, and, and he supported the king. So maybe he should feel distress over it. So he's, he's feeling this riot of mixed emotions inside of him when suddenly he is afforded this magnificent vision, perhaps one of the greatest epiphanies of God that's ever given to a human being. And he sees God seated upon a throne with the, with the train of his garment, his robe spilling out through the temple, filling the whole temple, and, and this resplendent glory, and then these magnificent seraphs, and, and then this shout uh, of uh, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And then this phrase, the whole earth is filled with his glory. So that is a, a magnificent vision. Now, here's what we want to ask ourselves. Why does God appear to Isaiah in that way at that particular moment? Think about it. God is God. He could appear to Isaiah in any form he wants to. He appeared to Moses as a burning bush. Uh, he has appeared as a pillar of fire, a cloud of smoke, uh, all kinds of, of manifestations of his presence. Why in that way at that time? Don't you see it? Isaiah is concerned that the king is dead. And God is saying, don't you see, the king is alive. Isaiah is burdened because the throne of Israel is empty. But God is saying, don't you see, the throne in heaven is occupied. Isaiah is painfully aware of the political scandal and distress of the nation in which he's living, his contemporary time. And God is saying, yes, but don't you see, here's a king that is holy, holy, holy. He cannot be bought, bribed, cannot be corrupt, cannot become senile, cannot lose his place politically. This, this is the king of glory. It's a statement of tremendous encouragement. And it all hinges on a small word, also. Isaiah is not denying that Uzziah the king is dead in the year that King Uzziah died. He knows what's going on politically, and he knows the, the consternation and the confusion that it has caused in the nation and within himself. He says, I see that. I'm aware of all that. But then he says, I also see the Lord. 
and he is high and lifted up. He's above all this. He is still the king of glory. I, uh, I said something one time in a, in a tweet. You know, the Twitter sphere is a strange world, my friend, and the people who uh, respond are often angry over things they don't even begin to understand. I just sent a tweet one time saying that in the face of all the challenges we were facing, uh, viruses and all the rest of it, I am not afraid because I know who God is. And this, uh, this lady responded to me. She said, so therefore, we don't need to be involved. Therefore, we just need to, are you just saying we need to, to not have any political activity or anything? I never said that. I just said, I'm not afraid. And the reason is because I know our God reigns. Our God is on the throne. I, I have strong opinions about this upcoming election. I know exactly how I'm going to vote. Having said that, let me also say, irrespective of the outcome of this election, God is still God. God is still on the throne. He is still holy. He is unchanged. When we are terrified, God is unafraid. When we are shaken, God is immovable. When our conscience and our consciousness of the political climate around us is disturbed, God is unruffled. He remains God. And around him, the angels cry, holy, holy, holy. Let me encourage you with this. Be active. Be opinionated. Know what you believe. Vote your conscience. Vote boldly and bravely. I urge you, go to the polls and vote next Tuesday. The only thing I'm saying is this. Remember, above and beyond this current political pale, God is still God. Regardless of how this election comes out, I will not live in fear. I see what's happening. I can read the newspaper. I can watch the news whenever I can stand to do it. I watch the news. But having said that, I also see the Lord, and he's high and lifted up. Be encouraged, my friend. God is on the throne, and his glory is over all the earth. All the earth. Thank you for joining us for this special edition of the Leader's Notebook. God bless you and grant you peace. You've been listening to the Leader's Notebook with Dr. Mark Rutland. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review today's podcast. You can follow Dr. Rutland on Twitter at Dr. Mark Rutland or visit his website, drmarkrutland.com. Join us next week for another episode of The Leader's Notebook.